Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Triple P gets punished, Jake updates his studio, Chuck gets robbed, and we are joined by Celio ne- Celio's Network. How are we doing today, Chuck? How's it going? Ah, it's going all right. It's been a crazy day as my son is yelling at the dog upstairs. Um, just work has been crazy. Uh, but this week was uh, was a fun, fun week. Um, but before I get on that, what, what was your week like? Uh, my week was hectic until the weekend. Uh, yeah. I had uh, remodelers in here doing windows and <laughs> roofs all unplanned because the landlord decided to do it that weekend uh, up until the Friday uh, when they were done, they were done on Thursday. So then Friday they were cleaned up and, uh, and then we participated in some pack battling and that's yep. where I got robbed. Yep. Yes, you did. <laughs> Roseanne is going to a new home out in Oregon, but right. So the, for everybody that doesn't know, we did a pack battle with Gumi Gumi over at Oregon Pokemon on her channel. Um, and we had a point system to go on. So if you pulled like a, a hollow rare, you get two points. Um, if you pulled a full art, you would get, you know, X amount of points. And for we would do three packs at a time. And whoever got the most amount of points, they would win that round. Um, but if you lost and you get the least amount, there were punishments. So there was eating wasabi, sour candy, um, what well so we had squats we had we had hot sauce we had pickle juice we had all the gross stuff <laughs> and we both got punished quite often she only got punished one round um so it was rigged 100 but yeah you got robbed <laughs> yeah i got robbed and uh, i'm still feeling the squats right so well i had to do squats last week on stream and my legs recovered and i'm better off for it because i don't feel it um like you do right now all right. <laughs> well, we're not alone. No, we're not. We're not. Uh, we do have a awesome guest, second time guest, um, but it's been a while. Uh, and that is Luke Morsa, aka Celio's Network. So how are you doing, my friend? Hey, Jake, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Okay. I'm glad to be on here. Haven't done a podcast in a minute. So uh, glad to be talking about some Pokemon today. For sure. Um, but for those who may not know who you are, um, give us a little bit of a background of, of yourself. Those few. Those few. Oh, yeah, the, the guys surely. that know us, but not you. Uh, <laughs> surely. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely possible that they don't know me. Uh, so, yeah, what's up, guys? My name's Luke. I run the YouTube channel Celio's Network. Um, I've been playing Pokemon TCG my whole life. And I am a full-time Pokemon TCG content creator. And I, uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll learn a lot about me during the podcast. I'll have oh, some hot sure. takes. I'll be uh, blunt about cards. So you'll, you'll get that a is, taste of my character throughout the, throughout the cast. <laughs> that is why I wanted you with, uh, with a lot of new cards out there, a lot of cards revealed. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hot takes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before I always, we, I always appreciate the blunt takes. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> for sure. So before we do start, I do want to kind of, um, give you the floor to talk a little bit about your, your tournament that you had. What is it less last weekend and kind of how that was, go, uh, how that went. Um, and then came maybe some of the, you know, hot takes or, or some crazy meta decisions that you've seen there. 
Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, we ran Celio stats number three on March 5th, um, myself, and then the Polka stats team ran it. So like I produced the stream and, uh, Isaiah Cheville was our head judge. Um, we had some other Polka stats members in the judging Polka stats, uh, uh, member Tate Whitesell was in charge of like coordinating who would be on stream, getting them in the Discord, getting them all set up and stuff. So we it we kind of produce these Celio stats tournaments like once a format, so like mm-hmm. once every three months because we try to um we try to make them feel like a real regional event. So uh, we don't burn ourselves out and do them once a week or anything like that. Right. Um, but there were other large tournaments going on that day. There was the GG Tour tournament that started four hours before Azul's uh, Azul GG's subscriber invitational. There was an Atlas invitational. There was a bunch, but we were lucky enough to still get 300 players in our event. And um, what do you know? Mu V Max won the event. It also got <laughs> second at the event. It also got third at the event. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so mu vmax was over 20 percent of the metagame and so it wasn't really a surprise to see it do so well with so many people playing it and it being right. such a strong deck just statistically like the deck is kind of on adpz level where like you can put four dead cards in the deck and misplay twice a game and you still might win yeah. so when you have a deck that that that's that strong and has such a low skill floor when you have a lot of people playing it it's just statistically like kind of expected even if it doesn't win at all if it didn't win it would be like second third fourth you know right. um so that's not too big of a shake up um jolteon vmax uh people have just declared it dead because manaphy got printed but none of the top decks even play manaphy mm-hmm. um so there were seven jolteon and one of them uh was my mom who used my list and she actually got top eight in my own tournament so let's go um but they can't DQ me from this one because I was running the <laughs> event. <so. laughs> that's right. There was a little bit of drama there. <laughs> so yeah, she uh, she technically won forty bucks from me this past weekend by making top eight. Um, we had two RCS toolbox decks in top eight with like the Galarian birds uh, with some shame and V action, just a whole bunch of toolboxy like try to take care of everything. Um, RCS Dora made top eight, and then some of the the baby dark attackers were around there and whatnot right so yeah i mean that's that's kind of to be expected um from from what you just said there mm-hmm. um i guess i guess though we got to give Raul ready a little bit uh props because he i was watching your pregame uh show <laughs> to that tournament and he said um you was gonna win it so he he took he did not take the field in so props to him he got the top yeah the top three decks right <laughs> yeah tate was also a little right because he said the uh weird arceus list would do well or win and he right. wasn't far off they got fourth and fifth so <laughs> right i mean ruhul made the really hard pick yeah he didn't really have to dig deep down to save you Max was gonna win you know <laughs> like, right <laughs> Like you could flip five coins and if at least one of them are heads, we'll go with UV Max. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to get into some Arceus builds here in a little bit. But before we do that, we do have a, a few random fun uh, little games we play at the beginning. Now, this is not your first time, so we're not going to do the f- uh, standard four questions, but we do have trivia and random card madness. So, Chuck, do you want to start us off today with trivia? It's time, time for trivia, trivia. trivia. Uh, can you go first with trivia? Okay. I have to okay. pull up my list. I have to pull up my question. Okay, that's that's fine. 
Um, let me pull it up here again. Sorry for that. Um, just so I make sure I get the wording correctly. All right, so we're gonna play the same game as I always play for trivia, and that is guess that Pokemon this attack belongs to. Okay. Um, so it is standard legal. Um, so we don't. I don't usually play expanded cards here. Um, so the attack name is Jet Assault, and it's standard legal. It's standard legal. Oh, I have my guess. I think that's a Dragapult card. Okay, well, what Dragapult? If you think it's Dragapult, it's the so is it uh, not Sword, the Infiltrator. The Infiltrator. You said it's an two attack, Dragapult. right? You're saying it's a stage two. The stage two Infiltrator, Dragapult. Is that his attack? Well, is that your final guess? That's my final guess. It's my best guess. Okay. Uh, Celio, do you, you have one? Oh, I don't have one, so I'm just going to piggyback on Chuck's <laughs> guess. <laughs> well, you were very, very close. It is Dragapult, but it was Dragapult V. The Jet Assault is his 60-plus uh, attack. So if you, oh, okay. uh, if you play this Pokemon, or if this Pokemon moved from your bench uh, to your active spot, it does um, an additional 80 damage. So this, I picked this card because not a lot of people use that attack, even though sometimes in the game situation, that is a better attack for Dragapult than the VMAX itself, uh, because it actually does more damage to the active. So um, changing it up a little bit. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I've definitely <laughs> used it in the past, but not enough to remember the name. Right. <laughs> It was like just right there, but it's like maybe just a little hard. So. Yeah, I recognized the name. And I like if you didn't say it was standard format, I was going to guess like an Ultra Beast from uh, Sun and Moon, probably like a Buzzwall or a Faramosa if you hadn't right. said standard. That would have been fair guess. All right. I have I have mine if we're if we're ready to move. Yes. On. So I'm going to redo the question I did last week. So. Oh, no. <laughs> we are. <clears throat> The question, I'm going to give you the Japanese set names that then made up the, that you have to give me the English set name. I'm in trouble. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is going to be two names that come to one. Okay. And their, their names are obviously try to give you a hint at what the, the American name or the, I guess the international name would be, but yeah, these, are, yeah. these are the, the Japanese set names to have seen the battle rainbow and darkness that consumes light. I thought I was going to be able to get this one. Is this standard <laughs> format legal sets or no? No, no. this no. This is anything. <laughs> it's uh, is anything. It is, uh, it'll be expanded. Oh, okay, cool. it's expanded, so it's black and white on. Yeah, I can give you an error if you want, but no, 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 no. Uh, well, I, I don't, I'm don't give me an error yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll let uh, Luke. We'll can you Luke. repeat them? Yes. Uh, to have the scene. Wait. To have seen the battle rainbow and darkness that consumes light. Uh, this this has to be before I started covering Japanese sets on my channel because I I've never even heard these before. Um, Base set black and white. As focus on the second name. Hmm. Oh, is it? Probably not darkness ablaze, is it? No. Okay, that was my guess. Give it to it us. Is, it was burning shadows. 
Oh my! Okay, that, that, that makes sense. You know, I I said last week I need to do some research on some of these <laughs> like just set names because this is well before I started, um, and I didn't do it this week. So shame on me for not doing it. But I, I definitely need to get a list printed out in front of me, just at least I can throw a, a decent guess out there. Yeah, yeah. I I moved I I moved up. I went to Sun and Moon era to right. try and give you a little bit better. I didn't go all the way back to. Uh, what did I, I went way, way, way back the first last week. So. Yeah, you did. All right. Well, that, no, those are some fun trivias. Um, let's move on to Random Card Madness. Yes. All right. So uh, last time Luke was Luke was here, we did not do Random Card Madness. So just to give an expl- explanation of what we're doing and uh, for all the listeners and watchers out there, um, I'm going to randomly generate a number in my random card generator, my random number generator. And it's going to correspond between one and 172, uh, which will give us the brilliant star set list. Mm-hmm. And then we will talk about the card number that corresponds to that number. Um, so today I've randomly generated card number 126. Let me go to the set list for brilliant stars. Card number 126 is Tornadus. So okay. uh, that is a colorless Pokemon, 120 HP, with the ability Sudden Cyclone. When you play this Pokemon from your hand onto your bench during your turn, you may have your opponent switch their active Pokemon with one of their bench Pokemon. And it has an attack for three colorless, Blasting Wind for 100 damage. So from here, we decide whether this, this Pokemon is Binder Fodder, Bulk, or Playable, put it in the deck. All right. I'm pretty opinionated on this card, and I've brought it up but i'm gonna let luke start us off because he is our guest i want to hear what he thinks about this so just to give a simple answer bulk but i think it's very close to playable like if it like because it's in the shadows of fione from uh the late sun and moon era i think fione was in cosmic eclipse which Mm -hmm. if you could set it down and then pop it when needed and put it at the bottom of your deck. And there's just like a million things better with that than there is with Tornadus. Also, Tornadus isn't level ball searchable. So right. yeah, Tornadus is bulk. Yeah, uh, I think he's complete bulk. Um, to add what Luke just said, um, you have to play him from your hand and then you can't even scoop him up when, when you right. use his ability. So that's definitely, then he's just a dead bench sitter. Um, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of tornadoes. I'm just gonna say it politely this time. <laughs> the the tornado, the the Pokemon escape rope is. I, I agree with you both. Is is bulk? Um, just play escape rope, right? So it's just it doesn't offer any benefit of not playing escape rope. So yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent there. Well, that was our random card. So we can move on to uh, talk in the meta with Turtwig. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to Turtwig Talks the Meta. This is your host, Ryan, otherwise known as ry for gaming I am joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week, we have 15 tournaments 1,882 unique deck plays and 5,587 matches to cover this week. Without further ado, let's get right into those top eights. 
Starting off, Eternatus had 7 top 8s, Gengar had 8 top 8s, Ice Rider had 9 top 8s, Arceus Duraludon had 16 top 8s, and Mew Genesect, who would have guessed, had 38 top 8s this week. That's over double number 2. So Mew Genesect being super consistent and proving us wrong that it will not go anywhere this format. Now that's it for the top 8s this week. Let's go into those boring meta numbers. These decks all had over a 50% win rate this week. Those being Arceus Moltres, Eternatus, Ice Rider, Arceus Duraludon, and Mew Genesect. Notable changes this week. Coming to Durant, Darkbox Inteleon, Arceus Moltres, and Arceus Duraludon. Durant had a uptick in win percentage by 5.5%. That doesn't say too much other than it wasn't becoming as much of a meme as it was last week, but it had a stark 44% win percentage this week. So I don't know whether to say that's good, but I'm going to say it's good because it's a lot of percentages to go up. So Big number. Yay. Uh, Darkbox Inteleon was not having so much love this week. It was down by 8% in win percentage this week. So big number. Yay but in the wrong direction for Darkbox and Talion, going from a 54, almost 55% win percentage down to a 46 and a half. So, sorry Darkbox, you might need to step it up this week. Next, we have a 6% drop in win percentage for Arceus Moltres. Last week, I shouted out Arceus, and it had a 59% win percentage. This week, it had a 53% win percentage. So I think the honeymoon phase is starting to come to an end, and Arceus Moltres is finally settling in where it should be. So congrats to Arceus Moltres. If you could stay above 50%, I will give you a head pat, and you will deserve it. So the last part, we have Arceus Duraludon seeing an uptick in play percentage by 4% from last week. I think Arceus Duraludon is one of the top contenders for this, uh, for this meta. So I think... People need to be watching out for Arceus Duraludon and its ability to wall people off completely. So that's all for the changes. Now I would like to give some appreciation to our local group at Heroes Inc. Comics by shouting out the winner of our Thursday Locals. This week, Devin the Ripper won with his electrifying Arceus Raichu deck. Awesome job, Devin. We're all proud of you. And now it's time for the wins of the week. All these decks won a single tournament this week, those being Eternatus, Durant, I don't know how it won, Arceus Sylveon, and Arceus Duraludon. Next, Gengar had two wins, Ice Rider had two wins, and it's still sitting on the top. I don't think it's going anywhere. Mugenesect had seven wins this week. Taking home the gold, great job Mugenesect. I don't know what to say. It's just not going anywhere. Now, Turtwig worked hard on getting all this data ready just for you. So if you could let us know on Twitter at RY4Gaming your thoughts on this week's report. That does it for this week's Turtwig Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. And back to the cast. All right, and we're back. And as always, after the meta talk, we go to the news. Right. So there was a couple cards I want to talk about that were kind of announced. 
um, in this article on Pokey Beach. Um, so they did the some some of the cards from Time Gazer and Space Juggler were revealed. Um, there's two that we want to talk about um, specifically here. Um, I'll take the first one. Um, so I want to get your guys' opinions on what how these guys are going to be playing. So we got the Palkia V-Star. He is a water type Pokemon, obviously, as stage one with 280 HP, uh, weak to lightning, two retreat costs for an attack and a V-Star ability. Um, so he has one attack, 60 plus damage. This attack does 20 more damage for each bench Pokemon, both yours as your opponents. Um, so potentially serviceable. We've seen um, we've seen uh, Suicune, Entei, and what's the third one? I'm blanking on the third one. Raikou. Uh, Raikou, Raikou with a very similar attack. Um, so the attack's uh, serviceable. And then we have a, a V-Start ability. Um, once during your turn, you may use this ability, attach up to three water energies from your discard pile um, to one or to your water Pokemon in any way you like. Um, so, you know, one-time ability for three acceleration um, seems pretty good. Um, what are your guys' first thoughts on Palkia V-Star? I'll defer to, to Luke on this one. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I think the like all the ability V stars are just incredibly powerful, right? Um, and so like those like warrant like they 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 warrant some benefit of the doubt if you have any doubt about it. Um, like just and so and Palky V star is no different, right? Once during your turn, you can attach three water energy from discard to your water Pokemon in any way you like. Um, it is from discard, so they have to get there, but this format has no problem with that because of quick ball, ultra ball research. Mm -hmm. um, and then the attack spatial swell 60 plus for each benched Pokemon. Um, so it's not just yours, it's all Pokemon. So it's basically just uh, Blizzard Rondo with uh, higher base damage and then the same multiplier of 20 per benched Pokemon. Um, so I think the attack is above average. It's kind of on par with the V-Star and V-Max and V-Damage output that we're seeing succeed right now. And then the ability is the, the ability is good. Um, just attaching three water energy to anything. It doesn't, it's not directly working with itself. Mm -hmm. um, like, Palkia V star is probably not the best thing to star portal to, but it does allow, you know, like a Cheryl play or a hyper pop play or something like that. So you can just Cheryl those energies off and put them right back. Um, but it feels like it would work better with a Pokemon that's harder to power up uh, mm -hmm. that needs three or four energy or specifically water energy. Um, I'm not sure we have that perfect partner at the moment for Palkia V star. There are a ton of water type V maxes, you know, there's Galarian Darmanitan, Blastoise V Max, um, even Ice Rider Calyrex V Max. But um, Ice Rider Calyrex seems to get by just fine with, um, you know, Melanie. And then uh, the other ones are probably not strong enough uh, to use your Star Portal to power up. Uh, so I think Palky V Star in a vacuum is very good, uh, but we'll have to see what partners it gets, or maybe it's just best to play it with. Cheryl on itself. Yeah, I mean, being able to tank damage, we've seen it be very effective in different kind of decks. Um, 
I think you're probably right um, where there's not necessarily a V V star or a water Pokemon necessarily um, in the meta currently that will make a, a huge splash with this. Um, we see in the chat, we have Lapras VMAX potentially still maybe um, a little slow. Um, there might be merit there, uh, but, but like you said, this is a card that has potential, especially with new cards coming out. Um, we never know what's going to come out. So um, this card is definitely one to keep an eye on. And, 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 you know, maybe we even see something in this set that it will match with, you know, this is still really early. Um, so, you know, the sky's the limit for, for Palkia. I, I, but as of now, it's probably not super relevant at the moment. Yeah. It's the kind of card I'd say that um, like, it'll definitely be played at some point. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's going to be when it comes out at the end of its lifespan, somewhere in the middle, it'll definitely be played. It's a, it's a good enough card. It's just when uh, we'll have to see, like I, I haven't, you know, these cards got revealed less than a week ago, I think. So I yeah. haven't made proxy decks, tested it out, <laughs> cracked the meta right. for a year from now. Um, but the card at a glance is good enough that it will be played. We just don't know if it'll, you know, reach its full potential right away or if it needs some other cards to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck, I'm, I, I was just going to say, I, I just think the, the water Pokemon you want to put this with may, may not be released yet. Because yeah. the best <laughs> use of that, that uh, V-Star power, I'm thinking, it, like, is just a, an, a really aggressive play to set up the bench Pokemon for, like, checkmates. Like, mm -hmm. whatever, like, you can put two to a Suicune and one to an Ice Rider and then, like, or you know you just set up basically if they take out palkia then you're you're getting whatever he's set up afterwards like yeah. i right i don't see i don't see the need or or something like that to use that power right now like as luke said like ice rider gets by just fine sweet coon kind of gets by just fine so uh it might right. just be that the water pokemon that that wants to be paired with isn't out yet yeah, I tend to agree. So do you want to take the next one, Chuck? Yeah, you saved me the one that we might get uh, some spicy debate on. Takes. Spicy takes. <laughs> spicy, spicy take. Uh, so I know I have a little, maybe a spicy take on Dialga, uh, Origin Dialga V-Star. We're skipping the V. Um, so this guy's got uh, an attack for one colorless metal blast. 40 plus damage. Uh, this attack does 40 damage for each metal energy attached to this Pokemon. So hello, Metal Senescorch. And then with the V-Star attack, it is an attack. Uh, we have four metal energy and one colorless. So five total energy. Uh, Chrono Star V-Star power uh, does 220 damage. And then you take another turn after this one. Uh, you just skip Pokemon checkup and then uh, that's it. You go again. So uh, I, I'll ask you two mm -hmm. first. What's the take? What do you think? Um, I think taking an extra turn is absolutely broken. Uh, I mean, there's no there's no debate about that. It's literally a mm -hmm. broken mechanic because <laughs> it breaks the rules of the game. Um, and so I think this card is very well balanced because if you make that too good, it just turns into like it's not even a question about like, okay, we're all playing like Arceus plus Dialga because we get to take an extra turn or like, it's not even a question if you have multiple V-Star 
powers in your deck which one you're going to use if that attack mm -hmm. was did too much damage or cost too less energy or whatever the case may be it's just a very broken concept so i think they balanced the card well to be usable but not over the top yeah I, okay so or, i know there it, it, with that let's get bonus the hot attack, take out come on with that bonus <laughs> attack out i mean it, it is potentially game breaking like you said and some people and i don't know how this would work but some people said you know you can go like metacham to an extra turn to right to dialga to extra turn back to metacham and like really just never give your opponent turn and it sounds sexy because like not letting your opponent play seems really op uh, but that metal, 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 colorless, it feels like a trap. Yeah, um, that's my take. I think it's just a trap card. Uh, I think you're going to put too much. If you put too much effort in trying to get this off, uh, it, it, I just think you're not going to be quick enough. The meta is very fat. Like it's, it's supposed to slow down a little bit, but it's very aggro-y, very like you got to hit for a lot your first turn. Right. Otherwise, Mew's coming at you or... Arceus V stars coming at you with with 200 plus damage, so getting that five energy, um, even optimally, like you're you're talking about, a, like as fast as possible, you need at least two saucers before you get to five. Yeah, I'm... on a on a on a three, that's a three turn basis because I just don't see you doing it any. I don't see it mattering like your first attack, like. No, I think the probably the best way to get this off is that maybe having a metal saucer plus Arceus V, um, not using the Arceus's V power, um, and then you know you, doing that energy acceleration with a turbo patch plus an attach um, is reasonable going into you know your second attack potentially, um, but uh, it just doesn't feel, it just feels like too much work to make that yeah. trick go off. I guess. Yeah, I, I, like like. Uh... Luke said, I think it's just, I think it is balanced because someone, you, you can make it happen. It, right. it, it can happen. Um, but I think the effort you will try in making it happen might not uh, pay off. I mean, then again, it might save you. I, we have to, we have to see it happen. Yeah. Right. We, we've seen these kind like, this is kind of Dialga's thing, like all the way back to Dialga level X in like 2007 uh, it had an ability that lets you take an extra turn, but it was very uh, RNG. It was very balanced in the fact that you don't always want to use it because it was just a power you can activate once a turn and um, you made your opponent flip two coins. If they were both tails, uh, you took an extra turn. If they were both heads, your turn ended. Um, roughly something like that. Um, and that was never used competitively. And then we had Dialga GX, um in the sun and moon era with timeless gx 150 and take an extra turn or possibly 180 i think it was 150 and choice band made it 180 um take an extra turn and that was seen very briefly in the dusk main necrozma magnezone deck which just didn't end up being very good um and so at that point i think dialga just at dialga gx didn't just didn't have the kind of support that it needed to be good um whereas with this one um i think jake you mentioned it that you could just Trinity Nova or Trinity, uh, whatever the first RCSV is. But right. even if you, uh, on turn two, use Trinity Nova to do 180, accelerate three, then next turn you could use uh, Dialga V-Star's attack to clean up whatever you did 182 and get an extra turn to attack. Um, 
or even swing in with just three or four energy with metal blast to do 200 240 um and then the following turn clean that up with chrono star so your first attack with dialga v star doesn't even necessarily have to be chrono star um and it can even just be a looming threat on the board like if you trinity nova 180 attach three energy to your bench dialga v or v star and your opponent gusts that up and attacks it well great we have rcs again we'll just turn it over to something else this turn take a knockout <laughs> set something else up so um i think it has cards at its disposal between that metal saucer but i don't want to rely on metal saucer too much when theorying with this card because metal saucer and this card will only be in the north american format together for a few months um and really when i see these cards that are being released like after the halfway mark of the year i'm not really thinking about them too hard uh for their potential right now i kind of think about them more like will this card ever be good and i think palkia definitely will be good like i can't imagine that card never being played in a tier one or two deck uh dialga i'm definitely a little less skeptical upon but I, i won't be surprised at all if it ends up uh being a playable card yeah. yeah, you I make a lot I, of good points there. I think it might slide, like, I think sliding it in a metal deck and acting as that bait that, I mean, a lot of, I've heard a couple people you know, locally are just pair it with Bronzong and that helps reduce the risk of loading him up with energy and you just throw it on them. When, but like at one point in time, your energy is going to be all on one place. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's still iffy, but like you it just iterated if you just have them out there with rcs as well like and they're like oh well i can't let you take an extra turn and he eats the the ko and then you still have rcs and you just load up something else you know what i mean right look at it similar to adp and zashin v if you ultimate raid to zashin v and they knocked out your adp you saw it zashin and vice versa if they chase the zashin we'll just ultimate raid to the next one right pretty dangerous <laughs> and, uh, and you know i i'd have to, i'd have to check the logs but i'm pretty sure that one worked out pretty well oh uh, yeah <laughs> right adp 2.0 just does it a little differently <laughs> yeah cool well i think that's gonna do it for the article slash news for the week um well pretty thought provoking there well will you have something else you want to bring up? i was gonna say i guess um the trainers that came with that article are kind of worth mentioning um i don't i think adamant like they go with the 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 pokemon we talked about because there's iridia and adamant from legends arceus and the adamant a lot i've heard people talk about that how that helps because it discards metal energy which then you can somehow accelerate yeah you can discard it and then saucer too but um i i feel like that's not a great supporter for the turn and like luke said metal saucer is not gonna be here for that long so right why i mean you could put a lot of hard theory into it but it might not (laughs) it might not be around long enough to do anything about right and you guys were talking about the aggression like this isn't an aggressive card at all yeah um like you said you know well mu v max is doing all this damage maybe we don't have time to sit around and build up chrono star um but like i was saying you know like you just said metal saucer won't be here um you know the other decks are going to change in time as well and there will be a format with this that doesn't have new VMAX in it, you know, um, as long as far away as that may seem for us right now. Um, right. I, but I so was, maybe maybe this does, you know, prevail in a non-aggressive format. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I was thinking Iridia 
I'm I'm pretty sure that's how you say her name is a little bit of a better card because it's it's kind of peers esque, but uh, you search your deck for a water Pokemon and an item card and reveal them, put your hand in your hand. Um, I mean, depending on your deck, the the item search might be useful to get the exact item you need. Yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, I think Arita and Adamant are both pretty cool. Yeah, they're cool. Uh, actually, now that you bring Arita, you can you can get a a frost moth and a capacious bucket, and then there's your acceleration right there. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's not going to last for very long. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, Arita or Irida. I don't know. I'm sure your podcast <laughs> your podcast <laughs> listeners will be upset with the way we're all saying this supporter card. Looking at you, Gumi. Um, <laughs> Um, but it's uh, it's like a reprint of Karina, which was get a fighting Pokemon and an item card, and that mm-hmm. was heavily, heavily played. But, um, you know, uh, like we keep saying, aggressive format, that supporter is not very aggressive. It just gets you a water Pokemon and an item card. And uh, whenever we see these supporter cards these days, we have to ask, is it better than just research for seven? Yeah. Um, Adamant, I think, could give research a run for its money. I'm not sure that Irida could do the same, but it might be worth in a very specific deck. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Well, yeah, <laughs> we've seen searching for two cards out of your deck is, is a pretty good ability. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, Peony, RCSV Star, very good. And it discards Metal Energy, so um, we can get those Metal Energy uh, Metal saucer onto Dialga while Metal, metal saucer sticks around. All right, so let's let's jump past the news and get into the meat of the conversation, um, and that is a new meta. Um, so I definitely want your hot takes on a lot of these things. But before we go into deck specifics, um, you know, talking to you in the past and just listening to your your social media stuff, um, you've had very strong opinions on the state of the game um, in the past. So what is your opinion on the state of the game and the direction the game is heading currently? Um, so actually, well, it was either while looking at the time gazer or space and space juggler reveals or the one prior to that with, um, the, the new starters, like the Hisuian starter V stars and stuff Mm -hmm. in one of my videos, while my first impressions for those, I said, where were they hiding all the good card designers for the past two years? (laughs) Because, um, I've been playing the game since base set. And like you mentioned, I have a lot of hot takes and strong opinions, Uh, and passionate words about the state of the game over the pandemic and I never really had that before because I was just happy to be playing the Pokemon TCG and the game designers did things that just made it not really feel like the TCG anymore and finally it feels like we're getting back to that Um, you know the V stars are great they mimic GX's which um, Mr. Nagashima who leads the design has gone on record and said uh, GX's was their favorite mechanic they've made in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really happy to see V-Stars back. Um, and just just V-Stars in and on of itself is making this format better because they are cards that even though they only have one regular attack for now and then one once a game attack or power, uh, it's that that extra choice that makes the player feel like they are influencing the outcome of the game. Just that, that they can flip that V-Star marker and make that decision whenever they want to is really good excuse me for the game so i like that the v star power is uh kind of back or it's here but it's kind of like almost gx attacks are back and then um because of they they just 
packed so much juice into brilliant stars like it it, it could have just been like the base set for sword and shield because they put so much general good stuff in it that is making the game just more lively between ultra ball choice belt manaphy um and and that's making single prize decks playable which we didn't we couldn't even think of for the most part for a while yeah you know we've got rapid strike malamar we've got durant we've got uh mad party which i don't think it's good but it's being played uh we've got uh the baby dark decks which are some of the highest performing decks right now and even some other rogue stuff like the wormadam zorark shenanigans and stuff like that so mm. i think the format right now is playable like i can enter a tournament and have fun in the format right now which is a great starter um and competitive wise i'm not completely uh fulfilled with the format just because it mu mu v max genesect is very oppressive um and it's very hard finding reasons to not just play mu v max <laughs> other than wanting to wanting to not play against the mirror is like the main reason um because it's very luck based but i think the format is fun if you don't take it too seriously um and that's more than i can say for the past like year and a half two years of format so right. i think we're on the uppity up not happy with me vmax's oppression but i'm having fun with the format so overall, a positive look compared to what it was a year and a half ago. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it couldn't have been worse back then. Yeah, <laughs> right. The, the vivid voltage, darkness ablaze, shining fates. That was like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. It's much better. <laughs> right. So do with the whole V-Star ability, um, very similar to GX, like you said, um, towards the end with the tag teams, you've seen these very game-breaking um you know, attacks um, and like towards the beginning of the GX era, there were very much more uh, like, like kind of like the abilities right now where like Drampa was like an energy accelerator or you had like just drawing cards as ability. Do you think that how, li I guess, I guess, how likely do you think that the V-Star ability is going to be broken or, and maybe necessarily bad like, for the game? Like that that would be the next tag team? You yeah, think? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, well, we got Gen 9 announced uh, with Pokemon Day for like the video games and the whole franchise. And so I would have to give my best educated guess that V-Stars will probably be leaving us at the end of the year for the next Gen 9 mechanic. Um, because they do this thing where they have a mechanic go for about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then on the last leg of year three, they add in a mechanic for four sets. They did that with tag team. They did that with mega Pokemon. Um, and now they're probably doing it with V stars where we had V and V max. And now they added V stars at the end. Um, so personally, I don't think V stars will break the game. Um, uh, v stars were exactly what I would have done if I was in their shoes, because we needed a two prize Pokemon. That's almost strong enough against V max to start bringing things back down a little bit. Right. Um, yeah. So personally, I don't think V-Stars will do much. I, I don't think they could be any more negative for the game than V's and V-Maxes were, is what I'll say. No, very good points. Um, yeah, I hope you're 100% right, because so far I'm really loving, you know, the mechanic. Um, and going forward, they're just going to open up more options. As long as it's not like super game-breaking, I'm 100% mm -hmm. cool with it. So sure. in, your, in your head, 
uh, Luke, the the V stars are the basically like the tag team swan song to the V mechanic. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. So, uh, kind of just like schedule and set wise, like we right. had V maxes and and now we have V stars for four sets, um, mm-hmm. or or something like that, um, to like send off Gen Eight. Yeah, I, I think they're actually the opposite of tag teams though, and that tag teams ruined my favorite format of the past ten years, <laughs> and that these are saving my least for- favorite format. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess using tag team in the same sentence as V Star was probably a bad idea. But no, no, like, no, but you're exactly right. Like they're the like, they're the add-on mechanic towards the end. Okay, uh, I mean that I haven't heard that like played out that way, but it sounds like that like that sounds super plausible and and like right on the money. Um, because I did expect G- Gen Nine to bring something new. Yeah, and we don't know for sure, but we could guess. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, we are at the start of this new meta with, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of new cards that were impact, um, especially with Arceus out there. Um, aside from Arceus, what are some other cards that you've seen in the set that is going to make an impact, you know, for the foreseeable future in a positive light? Um, so Choice Belt has an instant positive effect, but I think a long term negative effect because Choice Belt is great while VMAXs are here. But then after VMAX is rotate out and Choice Belt sticks around, we're probably going to not like Choice Belt, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, we want Choice Belt to reach those higher numbers now. But then when it's gone, we'll be like, oh, things are knocking things out too easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Manaphy was needed as a deck building option. Um, I'd like it to have been a little more abstract, but I mean, that's fine. It's just a regular bench barrier. I think it was needed for people to to choose to put that in their deck if they don't want to just auto lose to Urshifu and Jolteon. Right. Um, and Ultra Ball is great. It helps out, you know, every deck. The bad thing is it helps out Mugenesect, <laughs> which is included in every deck. <laughs> and yeah. Mugenesect didn't need help. But uh, overall, I think all those cards are positives right now. Right. So yeah, uh, Ultra Ball definitely made Mew that, that uh, next to them that are bumped it up to the next level. So mm-hmm. you are right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but again we'll see what uh what the rest of the decks do with it um i guess let's see what what's your thoughts on magma basin and potential on making fire you know relevant again i that, that was actually the next thing i was going to say i think charizard v star v max however you want to play it in some combination is being underplayed like mm-hmm. i don't see how a 280 hp that can be 330 with heat fire and big charm like i don't see how that's i want a two prizer like i don't see how that's like just not good enough right now right um yeah. uh so i i don't i i've made some ente lists as well i posted some of them on youtube like just making ente have as high as hp as possible with heat fire and toughness cape um and all these things are possible because of magma basin right mm-hmm. um so i think charizard v star v max with rcs like that's a deck that people in japan experimented with i don't think it's had too much play in like our online limitless uh environment um but i definitely think it's a deck that has some viability and that is being underplayed and magma basin is one of the strongest stadium cards ever because there's never been a stadium card that just straight up accelerates an energy to your pokemon right yeah yeah that is super strong and that's the reason i brought it up because um in some ways it's just better than welder um because you don't Mm -hmm. have to play 
um, you know, the supporter. Um, so very good card. Uh, do you feel in these fire-based decks that Arceus does belong there? Or do you think they're strong enough with the acceleration of uh, Magma Basin with, you know, without the Arceus? I think they're fine without <clears throat> I think they're fine without Arceus as long as you don't want to play Charizard VMAX. If you want to play mm -hmm. Charizard VMAX, that's where Arceus comes in. Um, like I think Entei is fine on its own. I think Charizard V Star plus Entei, fine without Arceus. But um, if you want to start getting VMAX in there, even if just a one-off VMAX, it can be very good because it also benefits from um it also benefits from double turbo, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's three fire. I'm gonna check real quick. I think yeah, it's, it's, three, it's fire, three fire. Two it's three fire, two colorless. And yeah. It, so that also when you use it, it just has natural synergy. At, you're sitting at three ten with a. I think if you put a choice if belt on, belt. It, you sit at three ten damage. Yep. It's good enough. Pops good number. Max. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's being underplayed just because. Uh, excuse me. Another thing in online events is there's not a lot of need for innovation. Um, because you can just net deck the list that did good yesterday and play it and there's not much on the line you know if you don't do well you go make dinner you enter the next online tournament in an hour or, yeah. or you just don't play pokemon the rest of the day it's a lot different than when you're planning for a regional event and you're either driving eight hours or you're paying for a flight and you're you're taking the whole weekend and your world's invite rides on this you're probably going to try out some other ideas and innovate a little more and see what is there. And then if you don't find something, you default to the Mu right. Max that won the last tournament. So right. I think online, we also have that where players don't really have a reason to try to break the format as much. Yeah. I, I, I just, I wanted to also say on, on the topic of Charizard that I, I think he's the second best V-Star released at the moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, and I do think he's being underplayed. Uh, I feel like, though it's the only V Star deck that that runs two V Stars, so then you're 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 like the only deck that has the choice of whether you save that big V Star for the one hit KO basically on Charizard, or you use that Starbirth, which is really tight enticing to just get you up and going because you just go get two cards that you need. So that might that might be a a. a a reasoning why and also like you have to have charizards and rcs in all in one place so right. <laughs> expensive deck <laughs> yeah yeah but uh that's also a good point because that can be that can make the deck a, have a higher skill floor and a higher skill ceiling so uh players might not want to have to learn when do i star birth when do i whatever charizards attacks called when do i even play mm -hmm. down of emax like there's a lot of moving parts if you think about that compared to mew where mew is i'm going to dump my hand and get a lesser turn one and then i'm going to attack every turn yeah <laughs> um whereas with this deck that we're fearing right now there's uh you know do i attack with rc's v turn one do i leave it on the bench do i go for trinity nova do i try to attack with charizard off the bat when's mm -hmm. charizard v max come in do we need entei <laughs> in this deck do i magma base in this turn or is it throwing there's so many questions and right. choices and lines of play that you know that deck might be just as good as some of the decks being played right now but it takes a little more to get there in theory so that could also be a reason why we're not seeing it oh fair points um i definitely want to try to make that deck work um i haven't had the time to 
test yet. Uh, hopefully this week. I think that's a, another thing. I think most people don't necessarily want to put the time in to devote to a, an unknown deck when we've seen all these decks on Limitless, like Mew, like you're saying, um, mm -hmm. or all these Arceus variants that are very straightforward. Um, so maybe it is not like the pick they want to pick uh, make just because they have to invest a little bit more time in an unknown. Especially well, since we don't know what that investment will even pay off if they get right. it, because there's one regional in the next two months. There's no league cups. There's no league challenges. There's no players cup. So, yeah. you know, there, it's probably just better off getting your sequencing down from UV max and taking right. that to SLC. If you're going, I can't yeah, blame them. That's what I did in the 2k. At full grid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the drive to innovate is, is a little bit lower at right. the moment. Right. Yeah. Before we move on from fire, I, I have to ask, because it's my baby, the, the deck that I do want to make work. Um, do you think that Magma Basin will make Leon Zard viable potentially? Um, I haven't played it myself. Mm -hmm. um, I'd have to guess no, but I don't have any like proof for that. Right, I, right, right, right. If I if I had to put money on will Leon Zard be good, I'd be putting my money on no. But that's not to say that that's the correct answer. <laughs> Right. I mean, it, it, it is a stage two. It is naturally yeah. slower uh, in this aggro, um, you know, meta that we're in, like we've already said. I just, uh, it's a fun deck. I love it. Uh, I know it's oh, absolutely. not meta right now, but uh, just wanted your thoughts, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, anything's possible to do well, you know. It's just, if I see rare candy, I'm saying probably not for mm -hmm. now. <laughs> um, although I'd love to say yes, because um, right. uh, it's fun. It seems really fun. I'm like, that's just like my gut reaction is probably don't play a deck with rare candy unless it's like Suicune Ludicolo. <laughs> right, right, right. But that's my, uh, not to, to, to sweep, like drive this into swing single prizers, but that mm -hmm. was my thought in general with, with single, I think single prizers have a great shot as long as you can be like a little bit quick, like you have you have the ability to be a little bit slower because you're offering less prizes, but mm -hmm. you can't be so slow in that you're like searching for rare candies that you can't get off the ground. Right. Um, you still need like, to threaten. Yeah. The the single prizes like Malamar that are like stage ones or even like I mean, Mad Party is is along the lines because you're hitting with basic Pokemon that you can just attach to and and hopefully take KOs. Like mm -hmm. things like single prizes along that line, I feel like have a very big opportunity now to like make dense. Oh, absolutely. Um, in in a video that I reference a lot that I in my content is I made this history of power creep video a couple of years back. Um, basically saying what they would need to make to you know fix what I would say are is broken in the format, and that was essentially V stars. And they did it. Uh, they did it back like six years ago with Mega EXs to transition into the GX era. And in that time, we saw you know single prizes weren't that good aside from like Night March was good back then, right. but Evolution Pokemon weren't that great. And then eventually, Stage One Pokemon became good, and eventually, Stage Two Pokemon became good again so right now we're in that period where okay stage ones are finally good again like mm -hmm. and we'll get we'll probably be able to get there for stage twos eventually it's just the v's and v maxes uh require such less deck space and such less setup that they right. have like that innate advantage of consistency right yeah. so it's from what you're saying it's, it's just a trend that we're seeing you know the long over the long haul 
um, that they exactly. kind of like recycle. So yeah, that, positives by the, that time, Leon's are probably be gone, but uh, other <laughs> other stage two uh, Pokemon definitely might have a chance uh, down the road is from what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, it's 100% possible. Very cool. Um, okay, so a couple other cards that potentially impacted uh, the game in a, in a positive light. Uh, your thoughts on Collapse Stadium with seeing like these Mew decks, these, these Eternatus decks that are popping up. Do you think um, that's a legitimate stadium or is it just kind of a hot card right now? Uh, it's definitely hot right now because Riley Holbert won full grip with four collapse stadium. That's mm-hmm. that, that's, there's no denying that. And I think he played four collapse stadium just to give himself the best chances against Mew because Mew is hurt by path, but he couldn't play path in his deck because it's Duraludon. So he played collapse stadium that lets them draw one less card off of their Genesex. Um, and so I think that's why he maxed that out. Uh, Collapse Stadium was a card I was very excited about, and I still like it because it adds diversity to the stadium pool and it adds interaction. Um, we didn't really have that. The most interactive stadium I think that we had was Path to the Peak, which is kind of the opposite of interaction. Right. Whereas Collapse <laughs> Stadium not only can hurt your opponent, uh, it can make them have to discard a Pokemon, or it can make them, if they have four bench Pokemon, now have no more room but it can also remove threats from your board. It can make space for more Pokemon on your board after next turn. Um, or you can even retreat a damaged Pokemon and play Collapse Stadium and essentially pseudo heal your Pokemon by just discarding it with Collapse right. Stadium. So I think Collapse Stadium is great. It adds a lot. Like uh, there's, it's been a while since there was a stadium that I could talk about for a minute like that. Most <laughs> stadiums are pretty to the point, like training court. We, we get an energy uh, you know galar mine you can lock your opponent uh or do more damage with leafy on every other stadium probably not that great you know so, <laughs> so um it's been a while since we had that stadium with depth like that um and so i really like it also it's a throwback to giant stump uh which came out in 2004 and also uh a throwback to a stadium which was one of the first stadiums in gym heroes back in like 99 or 2000 which the name is escaping me but um so it's a cool stadium i like it so you think it's there for the long haul then yeah yeah i think this card will definitely continue to see play yeah for sure nice nice all right so chuck did you have any you wanted to mention before i go on uh, no, not not individual cards. If you have more individual, I, I do want two more cards, and these are both Pokemon with abilities. Uh, uh, Bibarel, um, what do you think his in- impact on the meta is? We've kind of seen Genesect, this kind of Genesect esque. Um, right. do, do you think that we're going to see Bibarel in the meta for a, a good time? Um, so right now, Bibarel isn't being played much in top decks, mm-hmm. but I think it's a fantastic card. Um, and we've seen it before, you know, Octillery had Abyssal Hand, which did the exact same thing. Um, and in the decks I tested with Bibarel, um, well, actually the Entei deck that I really like, um, it, it plays a Bibarel line. That's kind of its draw engine. Um, I've also tested Ice Rider with Bibarel. I've tested Arceus decks with Bibarel. I've tested Charizard Entei with Bibarel. Um and I think right now the archetypes that it fits nicely into just aren't 
uh, at the very top at the moment, but the card itself feels fantastic. Um, oh, I should mention there have been some Gengar VMAX decks that play V-Burl mm. as well, just as like a thin like 2-2 two, two line, so you have some draw on your bench, but the card feels fantastic, especially because it came out alongside of Ultra Ball, so you can just dump your hand and draw just like you can with Genesect, so I'm a huge fan of V-Burl. It's not necessarily impacting the meta, um, but it is a good draw option and it could be part of our top decks and like, you know, six months or a year from now right. when things are changing a bit. Right. Yeah. I That's think kind of on par with what I was thinking too. Uh, yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing. I think Bieber is going to be around uh, for a while. Um, mm -hmm. I think the, the meta, like, like Luke said, it's not in the top decks, but people are, are trying to slide it in there. And I think the meta, like we've alluded to is just, really aggressive so it's it's hard to be able to take the time to set up the bibarel like mm -hmm. and, and and get get that draw engine going and i mean if you hit the nuts i mean you can get it up and running really quick but you know Absolutely. when you don't when you don't see badoof to turn three then <laughs> then it, it makes it a little bit harder so it, with the meta currently that's why you might not see it in the, like i think why you might not see it a little bit as often as you do because you really got to contend with that speed of Mew VMAX and the consistency. And um, it might not just be there yet, but in, like we said, six to eight months, uh, some things rotate out and then you, you might see it become a little bit more of a viable option. Yeah. We'll lose Crobat. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, uh, I think like right now for like single prize decks, you choose that or, or Sinchino and it really depends on what your deck is doing. Like Sinchino just works a little bit better in in uh, Malamar than mm -hmm. than a Bibarel would. Um, yeah, because you don't want to limit your hand, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, um, yeah same thing with like uh, the Hoopa Molt deck. You want to build up a nice big hand, and so Inteleon Drizzle is better for that. But you know when Crobat V rotates, the Drizzle Inteleon line rotates. Like mm -hmm. I can't imagine you don't want some Bibarel in your Ice Rider deck after that, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay, so one more card um, that mm -hmm. I think has a huge impact, at least, and you said Crobat rotates, um, the addition of Luminion. Um, how do you think that's affecting the meta currently and, you know, going into the future? Well, you know, I think this just speaks to how good of a, like, a refresher and staple set Brilliant Stars was because I rattled off a bunch of cards that I thought were great in this and could be indicative of, like, a base set or, like, a reset of the game. Right. And I forgot to even mention Luminion V, and Luminion V is fantastic as well. There's just so many good cards in this set that will <laughs> yeah. be played for, like, months and months and years and formats to come. Uh, but, yeah, I love Luminion V. Whenever it makes sense in a deck, I'm happy to play it. Um, I think it makes... Um, I think it makes perfect sense in Melanie decks. It makes perfect sense in any deck that wants to play like a specific card that you want on a specific turn, like uh, like Leon or like uh, Adventurer's Discovery. Mm -hmm. uh, cards that you don't want to run four of in your deck, but you want when you need them. Right. Um, so Luminion V is great. It's a feels good card, you know, because like, again, you it's just like I said about Manaphy. Manaphy gives people the option to deck build the way they want to. Same with Luminion V, which we hadn't had for quite a while. The closest thing was we play a one-off supporter, and if it gets discarded, maybe we Eldegoss for it. But yeah. I think Luminion V is just worlds better because um, it gives people the deck building option to have that 
uh, that extra card that Ultra Ball or Quick Ball can get. And then that, in extension, gets you your tech supporter or sometimes just your research return. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I can't wait to get my hands on, on it and play a little bit more. Um, I've been like toying with the idea of who's better, yeah, like early game, um, like Luminion or Crobat. But from what you said, um, it does feel a lot better and it gives you more options generally than Crobat. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great card. Yeah, I'd suggest trying, if you're playing a deck that's not an Inteleon engine, I suggest trying two Crobat and one Luminion. Because sometimes you'll, you know, you can Crobat for six cards and then from there you get a quick ball and then you can better decide what you want to get with your Luminion. Yeah, I've been really pleased with Luminion, just having that supporter search. Um, Just because early game, you might not have been able to discard something like that where we had Eldegoss, the Eldegoss play. Mm-hmm. Like Eldegoss was great late game. You know, you go grab that boss you used or you pitched early and then you win. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Luminion is just so much more uh, options because yep. you can, that research early to get your out of a dead hand. Uh, boss. You know, <laughs> boss, boss late for win still if you're it's, it's hiding in your deck or um like i i played it in rayquaza just to get the supporter like luke said just grabbing the supporter that you want to play that turn Mm -hmm. um because there are multiple options on things that you want to do and then this is the turn you need to rose to get knockout so Mm -hmm. no uh, just a great supporter a lot of great cards (laughs) anything that anything that lets you make more decisions with your deck or with your gameplay, because that's a card that, you know, after a tournament, you could say, man, if I thought to put Luminion V into my deck, I could have won that game. Or if I didn't discard early, I could have won that game. And we haven't had that. I just keep going back to that. That's so brilliant stars added so many things that allows you to grow as a player, express your skill, express your deck building creativity. And that's just made myself and a lot of the community really happy to see what this set. Yeah. Yeah, I can't agree more. So from going to positive cards, we talked about a lot of really awesome cards, and I'm sure we probably missed a couple um, in there. Um, Were there any cards in the set that you really just didn't like, um, that didn't fit the meta, or you think might be bad for the meta, um, you know, going forward? Uh, Let me see. I'm going to open up the card list because we've talked about time gazer space juggler uh the other new set all the astral radiant stuff there's a lot going on um i'm just going to give it a quick scroll through here um well i did mention you know like choice belt i think is great now and might not be great later on like Mm -hmm. six months a year from now potentially um other than that though i mean Double turbo energy, I think people were scared of because in the past DCE has been so strong, but I think double turbo is actually just fine. Um, it, it feels pretty okay, except like, again, like everything I have a problem with is because every deck got these, but so did Mu Max and it didn't need it. <laughs> oh, that's, right. kind, that's kind of the issue, but I think overall, I, it's really hard to find a complaint about Brilliant Stars, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that double turbo, that minus 20 actually fits perfect i think balance like balances that yeah yeah uh, again like, like where were they hiding the card designers the past two years because <laughs> yeah. like they made such good decisions in this <laughs> right they were on vacation they're just on yeah. vacation extended <laughs> vacation right <laughs> okay well that no that's that's a good sign if you're really not having a huge 
deal or a huge issue with any given card, you know, at least in that immediate impact, you know, you have a little bit of reservation for the, uh, for the belt, but that's understandable. Um, but I would say if we're net like 10 positive cards and maybe one that's like, so, so on the oh, negative, well, we're, we're in a good spot. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic yeah. set for collectors, players, everybody. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to end up hating belt as much as like you might hate like an like ADP or something like that. But mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it's just going to be frustrating because like everything that you, it's just going to like probably like fix so much math for people and then make KOing V's a little, just that much easier. Right. Where right now it's like, it's like the godsend to killing V maxes. <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. We want to kill V maxes. We don't want to kill V stars. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So going into V stars, I guess the last little bit, as far as the new stuff, um, Arceus is the new, you know, the new shiny toy. What, we've seen a couple different variants of it. What do you, in your opinion, is the best variant of, of the uh, Arceus v- V-Star? Um, is it a solo? Um, is it another V-Star? Or is it Riley's version with, uh, with the Duraludon? Um, what, what are you really liking? Oh, good question. My favorite to play has to be Arceus Flygon with Single Strike Mustard and Beedrill. That is my favorite to play. And I think it's a viable deck. I just don't think it's either consistent enough or has enough tools or somewhere in between to be one of the best decks in format. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Duraludon's in a great spot. Um, but I might have to say that like Arceus Birds plus extra tools is probably overall the best Arceus variant. I think right now Duraludon might be performing better but i think that'll probably change like either at regionals or after regionals um i i have a lot of faith in straight arceus but i don't have the time with it to say so i'm going to go with arceus birds plus other tricks lots of good options there for different matchups um and if yeah if you can get that consistency down and arceus is just consistent on its own um yeah that's that's a, a wonderful choice yeah, I do have to say though, Arceus straight Arceus seems great, and I do want to uh, I do want to work with it some more. Yeah, there's so so many new decks to test, but so little time. <laughs> exactly, and as a content creator, I tend to go towards what do my viewers want to see me right. play the most. Like, if they don't have the cards to play this themselves, what do they want to watch? So I tend to go towards more of the interesting things. Right, and then in my free time and my testing time, I just go with like okay, what do I think is strongest? Let's try this. And I don't get to go to every idea eventually. Right. One other you, one you might, oh, sorry, Chuck. I have a question though on Arceus. Do you think the 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 acceleration from Arceus, like, do you feel like it's kind of pushed that, that aggressive meta into like you're using Arceus or not versus like Mu VMAX? Like, I, I just find other decks like other archetypes that aren't RCS V types struggle to keep up the speed of which new V max and or RCS V star like execute. Um, I think RCS V star has its consistency, but it also has its checks. It, it pretty much needs to use double turbo energy for the early turns at the very least. It can only use its consistency ability once 
Um, it's damage output is never one shotting anything uh, mm -hmm. without extra help, you know? Um, and then we have, I, I think, I think the game right now has such a nice variety of uh, type based engines and energy acceleration that I don't feel like it's Mew, Arceus or bust. Right. Uh, like the single strike guys have Houndoom. Uh, rapid strike has ra the rapid strike energy, which is just amazing on its own. Um, single prizers typically don't need energy acceleration. Um, even like Eternatus has been getting higher meta shares again. And that just has, you know, the ability to fill your entire bench with Crobat Vs and have a very efficient attack doing 300 with a belt for two energy. So I, I see where you're coming from with, is it Arceus, Mew or Bust? But luckily I don't think it's like that, at least right now, because I think we have enough good engines. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I just wanted to give Sleepy Dreepy a shout out. And I don't know if you've seen his video, but the, oh, um, the Arceus with the, the Delmise. Uh, I have. So what, what's <laughs> I your, love Delmise. I, I actually played the deck. Um, it, it's pretty fun with the options of healing with Zarud. Do you think that that deck actually, or, some, you know, maybe the 60s is not 100% there, but do you think that kind of archetype uh, with, you know, grass healing, uh, potential bench snipe, um, with the Zarud healing ability, do you think that has uh, a place in the meta, uh, or do you think it's just uh, more of, of a fun like B tier list? Um, I don't know. I mean, Arceus Delmise could, in theory, be built the same way that Arceus Duraludon is. Mm -hmm. It's just when is this better than Arceus Duraludon? And if we can answer that question, then you either yes or no. Um, yeah. But Delmise does more damage. It also has a bench sniping attack with which Arceus Duraludon has no resemblance of. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it seems like it functions at the very least and can be played in a competitive environment. And when we have so many different fun decks that meet those requirements, I think it's a pretty healthy, maybe not healthy format, but at least enjoyable format right. um, outside of the top 2% of competitive com competition, you know? And so that's good. Like, I think people are enjoying just hopping on PTCGO or PTCG Live um, and just running a few games or talking about deck theories with their friends. And we haven't had that uh, actually last past a set release for a while. Right. You know, everybody gets hyped with the set release and then we realize, oh, it, the game's still broken. But <laughs> with Brilliant Stars, I see that still lasting past the set release. So uh, I'm happy with that. I think the Delmise deck is cool because I love Delmise VMAX. Um, so I hope it can be viable, but not sure myself yet. At the very least, it's playable, but maybe not, not a top deck at the moment. Maybe not yet, but it definitely is a fun deck and it gives you plenty of options throughout the gameplay. So, you know, there's something there. Mm -hmm. All right, Chuck, did you have anything else as far as anything new um, or meta related? I, I just, I, I have one quick one and like mm -hmm. kind of like a little bit of single prize or talk, but um, one quick like V question, like a meta, do you think uh, Rapid Strike Urshifu is still going to be able to stand on his own in like the the water food deck or is he going to slide back into like a box with something else paired with him like do you, um with the advent of manaphy and then like new vmax still being great like i don't know if he can stand on his own still or if he's going to fall back into like a like a box build right so 
I've seen a lot of lists from Japan that are like Arceus, basically it's Arceus birds, but instead of the Galarian Zapdos V, it's a 2-2 Urshifu line. Okay. Um, because one of the faults of Arceus birds is that after turn two, most decks are one-shotting whatever you put in the active and you lose by a turn because of that. Mm -hmm. um, so if you replace the Zapdos plus two other things with a 2-2 Urshi, you have an attacker that hits fighting weakness or just a flat 180 after choice belt that doesn't get one shot back by most things. Um, so I think it can work in that. Um, it can also work on its own um, if you don't play a dark uh, attacker alongside of it, like Galarian Moltres V, then you're typically going to lose to Mu V Max, but um, you can still be fine against a lot of other things. Same thing goes as Jolteon. Um, you know, the top decks aren't really playing Manaphy, so they're not actually being gate kept out. Okay. The thing, the problem that Urshi has that Jolteon doesn't is that it loses pretty bad to Duraludon, um, unless you tech in multiple Path to the Peaks and get a little lucky. Yeah, that one's a hard one to fight with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I did lose to a Rapid Strike Urshi on PTCGO ladder while piloting Duraludon. Um, and that's actually in my Duraludon video if you want to see the look on my face when they dropped <laughs> when they dropped the second path to the peak. Because I'm pretty right. sure I was quoted in that video saying, well, as long as they don't have a second path to the peak. Um, they always have the second <laughs> path to the peak. <laughs> like, I was not expecting that from RS Urshi. Um, right. They also had Echoing Horn, so it all it oh. all went down for me there. But, oh, um, you know, you can make any any deck beat any deck almost in this format, it feels like, in, unless we're talking about Mew um yeah so yeah i do think urshi's still a playable card it's not one of the decks i'd be playing right now though there's probably like seven decks on that list before we get to rapid strike urshifu unfortunately because right. i have loved me some urshifu in the past but um i will say that i love that single strike and rapid strike urshifus have like kind of teeter-tottered because at first we were like, oh, single strike is horrible. We're all playing <laughs> rapid strike. And then uh, Stefan Ivanov won the first, I think, Evolving Skies format tournament. Uh, the CLU stats two or one, two with uh, single strike Urshifu. And then single strike Urshifu was one of the best decks for a while. Then last format, it was like second or third best deck while rapid strike was falling down a little bit. So mm -hmm. I, I love the, the teeter tottering viability of both of the Urshifus based on where the meta is. And yeah, and they've still, I mean, that's probably like two of the best V V Maxes they've made because they've been mm -hmm. sitting around viability since release, right? Yeah. In battle styles. So I'm sure. Um, so do you said you had some uh, single price questions? Because I'm going to go away from that. I only have one more question. Oh, uh, I was just going to ask uh, basically like a very broad question. I'm, I've seen a lot of different single price stuff come up um, and what, if any of it, like, it has playability or what might rise to the top i've been messing around with pair pachirisu and and tool time uh it's just it's really fun but you know it's 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 maybe not consistent enough but then there's um you know malamar is still big uh at at the moment uh if and then uh, there was one I saw at Full Grip that I really, really liked. I don't know if you've seen seen it in action using the Amazing Rare Reshiram. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, John Mastoe played that. Yeah, John Mastoe. Yeah, he uh, totally caught me off guard with that when we played in round two, I think. <laughs> um, 
I just like the like the space that uh, single prizes kind of can fit in at the moment and what you thought might rise to the top and and be one of some of the best single prizer attackers. Yeah, um, uh, the way I see single prizes right now, it's kind of like how we were talking about Charizard, V Star, V mm-hmm. Max, and Friends deck. It's probably if you work it out, just as good as some of the decks that are being played, just harder to play. I think mm-hmm. single prizes are in that right now as well because. A lot of people that have come into the game in the past two years have never even seen a format where single prize decks were one being built like this as like techie decks and two even like competitively viable. Like in the past like two years, most times people have built a single prize deck, they'd be like, oh, it's just a fun deck. Like, and now we can actually play them to win. Um, Malamar is definitely good. Um, Amazing Rare Reshiram has potential but obviously has less consistency because it's like you, you have to do a lot of things in the deck, right? You need magma base and multiple basic energies, things like that. But it can win games against the top decks, which is nice. It's just not doing that consistently. And it's also hard to play. Yeah. Um, I, um, I was, there was another one you mentioned. Uh, oh, uh, Pachirisu. Pachirisu. Yeah, so Tool Drop was the second deck I tested out of Brilliant Stars. And again, it can beat the best decks, but it just needs a lot more than the uh, than the best decks do. That's the problem. It's high maintenance because mm, yeah. uh, Pachi needs a lightning and a colorless, so you can't double turbo it. So you need XP shares to hit every turn, or you need Raihans every turn, um, or you need like a thin, flaffy line in the deck, something like that. Um, so... Uh, tool drop is just very high maintenance has potential i when i saw pachirisu i thought it was a mistranslation because i couldn't believe they gave so much power to a small single prizer because they hadn't done that in so long yeah um like the multiplier is really good because the old tool drop was times 20 back in like 2014 i think um Mm -hmm. and so usually they've been reprinting these things and not buffing them up but i was really happy to see they added it to plus 30 or, or times 30 um, so I think Pachirisu just needs more maintenance than VMAX decks do, and that's where it falls short, but it's viable. Like like we've been saying, it's actually playable. You can win competitive games with that deck. Um, like I brought it to my testing nights with my group and stuff like over webcam and like actually played that against our top tier decks and stuff. So I think that's really cool. One of, I think my favorite single prize deck right now well i have to give a shout out to g wheezy because i love galarian wheezing that's been my favorite <laughs> card ever since it came out um but other than like the g wheezy hoopa molt my favorite single prize deck to play right now is uh the zoro box that right. omnipoke made um and just like tinkering around with what stage ones i want in there that deck is so cool yeah i have to i have to still have to try that one out uh, i've i've been trying to recreate john mistoe's list because I, I i don't know what it was just because we we played in round two i just yeah. really like the amazing like it's surprised like it all the single prizes like you said just require that extra high maintenance of trying to figure it out but once once you get the, like the lock on that deck with the reshiram and like you can do basically just drop reshiram and, and attack for 300 it's crazy like i just love that yeah like watching him on stream play that um I believe he lost his stream match, but I know one of the games within the match that he lost, it was like, 
he needed like four different cards to make the turn work and he only got three of them right. whereas like if you look at the average v max deck it needs like one or two cards to work for mm -hmm. its turn so it's just like and, and you know the payoff is there like if you get the single prize deck to work then you out trade everything and you and you win the tournament um it's just a little bit riskier and a little bit harder and um the deck building process is also much more complex yeah all right, so the last question I had, and I almost went off on a tangent earlier because you did mention, um, you know, going into regional season, IRL play is, um, you know, starting. Um, do you think that, you know, po or pre-pandemic, there wasn't really, right, limit Limitless was a thing, but it wasn't really like deck lists were available, um, you know, quite to the level they are now. Do you think, you know, going into these regionals uh, events that, there'll be a huge impact because of limitless and all the open deck lists, or do you think there's going to be um, some spicy, uh, you know, decks that we may not have seen going into these regionals? Um, so I guess, how do you feel that, that, that the metagame is affected by uh, limitless, you know, two years after the, you know, pandemic? So I would break it down into the, the, the population it affects the most of the tournament is like the mid-level players so probably mm -hmm. like the middle like 50 to 70 percent of players so like they go to regionals they compete some of them get their worlds invite they top cut some tournaments um but they're not like your your like pros and they're not your noobs they're somewhere in between mm -hmm. um i think those are the people that it affect the most um because the top like five percent of players are still going to test the best deck find what makes it tick if they can't make a counter to it they'll just default to one of the best decks themselves right the very new players are probably like you know they could be we could be talking about juniors seniors masters whatever they're either bringing you know their home brews because they don't know what a competitive environment looks like they just bought a league battle VMAX deck and they're just bringing that sleeved up um, or they're bringing like suboptimal versions of meta decks. Um, so those are the two smallest percentages at the bottom and the top of the bell curve. The right. middle, however, are the people who want to compete, uh, but maybe don't have the time, resources, friends, connections, whatever, to make the most cracked deck ever. Now they have literal dozens of tournaments going on a day on play.limitlesstcg.com i can just go select from a pool of lists there and see which ones are performing the best and they get more consistent decks and more reliable deck lists out of it i think um so i i am personally i'm not going to slc but i think i'm going to every regional after slc mm -hmm. but i am helping my friends test and my students test and the ideology I'm currently with is that I'm expecting the average player's list to be more optimal. Right. Um, I'm expecting the average player to know more things about the meta because, you know, every content creator grew two years worth of time over the pandemic. So more people watch Mahone and Azul and myself, more people watch tournament streams, more people are looking at these lists. Um, so I think the average player knows a little more about the meta, knows a little bit more about text, knows a little bit more about what deck list to choose. But that comes at the price of a lot of those players are going to net deck. And 
the element of surprise may not be on their side anymore. And it will be on the side of the top players because mm. in an IRL event, you don't know if the baby dark sitting across from you has one fighting and one Galarian Zapdos in their deck. You don't know if the Mu V max decks playing echoing horn because you don't have their list in front of you on the play limitless page. Right. Um, so top players still have that gap there's still that skill gap regardless of where it's being presented but i do think the average list from the average to above average player is going to be better because of play.limitlesstcg.com at least for now because who knows play.limitlesstcg.com might fall off the face of the earth when the next full season launches and we're doing league cups every weekend and not a lot of people have time anymore for online right. events That's um a good point. so this might only be a short-term thing for the Brilliant Stars and the Astral Radiance formats. No, really good points. Um, yeah, with with next year, with all those League Cups, um, you you might not see people on uh, play.limitless play um, like you are seeing the numbers now, where we're getting 100, 200, 300 plus, uh, you know, tournaments almost every day. Um, so, yeah, I think there's it, one going it, on while we're recording this podcast. Uh, it, it, uh, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. I know Zach Lesage just has his late nights on Monday. Yep, there's um, 340 so, people playing right now. 340, <laughs> 340, 340 people in late night number on a 30, Monday right? on a Monday evening. I wish I could play, but you know, you know, the whole you know adulting thing having to be up at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, kind of stops hard. me from doing those. All right, so that's about all I had, Chuck. Unless you had anything to close us off here. Uh, no, I mean that uh, we went over. I, I I left. I had all my stuff being about uh, like deck archetypes and and right. meta. No, I mean that was so. it was a, it was a great discussion. I think a lot of uh, points you brought up were very uh, thought provoking, and I want to thank you for your time. I, I I'm sorry for the a little bit of technical difficulties at the beginning there. I'm trying oh, to no work worries. out between uh, all that stuff. But before we let you go, um, you have any shout outs, plugs, um, anything you want to throw out there? Yeah, sure. Um, so if you enjoy listening to my thoughts here on the Triple P podcast, then you can find me at Celio's Network on most social medias, um, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Twitter, things like that. Um, and yeah, pretty much anything you need from there, you can find on those social medias. Um, if you're interested, I do uh, Pokemon TCG coaching. Um, a lot of people are a little taken off by that like they're like oh you coach pokemon cards like people in the community sometimes don't really know what it means but um we work on deck building analysis metagaming a lot of these questions that the guys asked me today on the podcast you know my one-on-one -on -one students will ask me and we can have a little bit of a deeper discussion and personalized questions and things like that so if you're interested in that celiosnetwork.com or just reach out to me on social media and i would highly highly recommend um taking if you're a newer player um taken up a course with Luke because I did that when I started um, he helped me tremendously to get to the point that I'm in now where I'm I feel like I'm a pretty uh, above average player probably not to that that you know the top level but still um, getting me into the game um, like rather quickly where I felt confident in in most of my decision making so yeah if you if you guys are ever thinking about it um, I can't, I couldn't say enough about how awesome my time with Luke was Thanks. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. So again, thanks everybody for sticking around and thanks Luke for coming on and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if 
As always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at ry for gaming You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We'll see you all next time. See you later.